I believe I remembered that they were called the Fiasco. That was the morning breakfast show. That was what was what they called themselves. Um, and I'm pretty sure they might even still go by that name. You know what? I probably should listen to them more frequently. everybody and welcome to my music memories where I am in the middle of talking about an era where I discovered a whole raft of new music through one specific source and that source was a radio station based in Florida. Now the last part I explained how I had discovered them, why I was going to Florida in the first place and Two of the bands, Three Days Grace and Cold. Now, this episode, I'm going to be talking about three more bands. I'm going to be talking about what happened to those bands. Why I sit in a very sad position right now of absolutely loving music from bands that are just not the same anymore or not even around anymore and it is going to include one of my all-time favorite artists ever and one of my all-time favorite albums but not from that artist (laughs) um so we are going to jump to 2005 because i i ended on 2003 i believe So we're going to jump to 2005, and before I actually speak about music, even though this is a music podcast, being in Florida in 2005 actually made a bigger deal than just music. It it impacted me a lot more, because we'd been going a couple of times by then, and I was starting to catch some baseball on the TV. Now, I am not a sporty person watching or doing really i used to love playing badminton but that was about it for me um and then you know in england football is very much the main sport i've never really been a huge fan i'll watch it and i have teams that i support but it's not really my sport and then i do enjoy tennis and f1 but there are reasons behind those as well this i think is the sport that really grabbed me was baseball And it all started in 2005 because we were there and it was the end of the baseball season. They had just played the playoffs and the Rays, who were as close to local as you can get to Orlando, really, they hadn't been successful. They were one of the worst teams in all of baseball and they were talking about how bad they were on the news. And I remember thinking, I mean... The sport looked quite interesting from the the few shots that we'd seen. Are they really that bad? Were they really the worst team in all of baseball? And I looked it up, and yes, they were. And I thought, oh, well, that's sad. I feel sorry, because no one wants to be the worst possible team. The news was talking all about how um, it was a good thing, because they would get to have the first draft pick in the next season. But I didn't know what that meant at the time, but it sounded great. So I was like, oh, okay. You know what? Next year, I might keep track of the standings, especially towards the end, and just see if it helps them out next year. So the following year, I uh, I kept track. I didn't keep track of the whole season, just a few uh, days here and there, and they were the worst team in baseball. We then went back the year after, and we were in Florida 2007, and they were the worst team in baseball. And I was, and by that time, I had. I'd looked into how they play the game, the rules, the teams, everything about it. Because I was actually invested. And by this time, I was really... I felt so sad for the Rays that I wanted them to do better. I just wanted them to not be last. And then in 2008, we went back to Florida. Now, I have jumped all the bands, but I'm, I'm going back. I just want to get this kind of... I want to get kind of baseball over first. Because I love the story, I really do. Because in 2008, they decided to get the devil out. At the time, they were called the Devil Rays, and they wanted to get the devil out, 
and they became just the Tampa Bay Rays that year. And that year, they made it all the way to the World Series. They were the second best, because they didn't win, so they were the second best team in all of baseball that year. And they went from literally last to very nearly, not very nearly, they lost quite badly, but they got second. And I'll tell you what, being in Orlando, the year the Rays made it to the World Series for the first time in their entire history, there was nothing like it. Throughout the whole of the playoffs, it was like there was just a constant parade going through Orlando. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone was supporting them. I say everyone. Obviously, people had their own teams, and they wanted to make it clear. This was specifically, there was a presenter of Real Rock. And I don't want to say, I don't. I can't remember who it was. It could have been Mel Taylor, I don't know. But it was a female presenter on Real Rock who was actually getting a little bit pissed because no one of these people were supporting them when they were at their worst. But now everyone was supporting them when they were at their best. And she was a Rangers fan and she was saying that she's not going to jump ship just because they're winning. She's supporting her team and she wasn't happy about it. And I don't blame her. I get what she was talking about. I know that I can say that I was fans since 2005, mainly because I pitied them. But either way, being there during that celebration was insane. It really was. It meant so much to those people there. And I have loved baseball ever since. Um, It's still something I support. And, I mean, look, last year... The Rays got to, and I mean, but talk, we're talking about 2008. Last year, the Rays made it to the World Series for the second time in their career. And they are currently the, I think they're still this. I can. I think it's safe for me to still say this currently. At time of recording, um, the Rays are the second best team in all of baseball right now. They are the best team in the American League. And it looks like they might make it to the World Series again. This could be their year. I'm really excited for them. But enough enough about baseball. This is music. So, we're in 2005. We are in Orlando. And Real Rock talk about how there's a new band. And the new single that they've got is pretty good. And it's going quite well. So, they play it a bunch of times while we are there. It is a band that I don't expect anyone to have heard of. Or even know that they exist. Because that is the mentality I have had since then. I can mention this band to anyone who listens to rock music and no one knows them. And it's so sad and depressing, especially after the first concert that we went to. I say the first, the only concert that we went to see them. Because that concert had a support who is huge now and hinder and nowhere to be seen. I mean, I wouldn't want to listen to them anymore because of the changes that have happened but you know they should still be around they should still be doing stuff now the band are called hinder h-i-n-d-e-r and the first song that got played on the radio was get stoned now just by the name it might conjure up images of kind of like a um because i got high type song that the the song um, is that kind of thing. However, it really is a song about a man who is so broken down by an abusive relationship that he just has to go home and get stoned because that's the only way he can deal with the situation. And the song is so good. So I, I the moment I could, the first moment I could, I went out and I got their album. Again, I'm we whenever we could, whenever we went to the Florida Mall, there would be a, a, a music shop in there. Or we would go to the Virgin Megastore that was on Disney, uh, downtown Disney. And um, I would just buy the, the music that I could get my hands on, that I couldn't get my hands on in the UK. And at the first opportunity... I got their first album, 
Extreme Behaviour. Now, this is one of my all-time favourite albums, and I'm telling you something, if you've never heard of Hinder, go and listen to Extreme Behaviour. Oh my God, is that a good album. And I think, I've, the more I talk about these albums, the more I've realised, I mean, I've, I have spoken about this before um, to my brother, we've talked quite a lot about this, but it feels to us like, and again, this is going to sound a little bit harsh, but you know, it's not a surprise. Music is best when there's pain behind it. You look at all of the really good, successful rock music, and nine times out of ten, something terrible happened to make that music. There was something going on, and if you listen to Extreme Behaviour, he had some problems. He really did, but again, it's all down to the feeling there's so much feeling in this album. My God, is it good. i tell you something. Obviously, you've got Get Stoned. Um, how long? By the way. I love By the Way. Better Than Me. It is literally just a song saying, you deserve better than me. Um, because he knows everything that he's done is terrible and you, you shouldn't be with him. Lips of an Angel was a very, very big single for them. Even though it's very weird because it is literally a song about him cheating on a partner. He's literally talking to a woman about how he wants to be with her, but he's currently with his girlfriend. Bliss. I don't know it by that because it's actually called I Don't Want to Know. In brackets, but that's the name of the song. That's what you call it. I don't want to know. Oh my God, I love that song. And then you can actually tell where it is that I got this album from. Because my version of it has a Bon Jovi cover at the end. And look, I love covers. I think they're great. I think, you know, there are some people who really hate covers because they feel like the covers... Um, like damage or or in some way make the originals worse when they're just homages to the to the music that they loved uh, that was their inspiration you know and they do a cover of Bed of Roses now I liked Bon Jovi's Bed of Roses before but my God is this a good cover. It really is. He has the perfect voice for that song. And uh, look, if you've if you haven't necessarily heard of him or you might have and you weren't keen, just go and listen to Hinder Bed of Roses because it's such a good cover. It really is fantastic. So we got back and in 2006 they announced that they were touring. So me and my brother were like, "Yes." Yes, I really want to see them. They were bringing over a band that was so new, I had heard of them because their song had been played on Real Rock. Now, this was at a time, I would say this, 2006, was kind of the ultimate time for me listening to Real Rock in the UK. I would have it Whenever I could access the internet, I would be listening to it. I loved it. It was such a good station to listen to that I took every opportunity to. And this band that they were bringing over had, was a new band, and they had just released their first single, and it was doing quite well. I believe. This isn't something that I can guarantee, but this is what I believe was the case at the time. I'd, I kind of heard of them, didn't care. We were going for Hinder. And we turned up. You know, I've said it before. We are quite tall. There was a nice mixture of people in the audience. It was, you know, uh, a mixture of heights, a mixture of men and women, a mixture of, of, of not really a mixture of ages. But, you know, that's kind of how you get it with uh, most concerts, actually. 
you tend to get the majority of the audience has one type of age range. And, um, you know, we, we were right at the front, front and centre, which we don't often do. I'm going to be honest. We often stand to the left or to the right, but this was still quite early. So we were very front and very centre. And the venue that we were at, um, the the stage was about to my knees. And then there was no barrier. So we were standing at the stage. These, you know, they, they set up everything and the lights all went off and everyone cheered and the support act came on. And the support band were a band, something, something called, along the lines of, of Blackstone Cherry. Yes, Blackstone Cherry supported Hinder. Now, obviously, at this point, we didn't know Blackstone Cherry. If you listen to their early stuff, it doesn't sound quite the same um, sound as they do as they as they have done since they have become so much more famous. Blackstone Cherry are huge compared to Hinder. That I mean, I was literally listening to Kerrang this morning. And they were on. They were just played on Kerrang. They were just on the playlist. I don't think I have heard Hinder once on Kerrang, ever. But their support band were. That's the difference between the success of both bands, really. But they played, and they were they were good. They were really good. They were. You could tell there was something special there. And then the. If you've never seen Blackstone Cherry, the drummer back then, especially, I can't again. I'm not, they're not a band I follow exclusively, but the uh, drummer had a massive frizzy afro, and I remember this, and I remember this specifically because he came out from behind the drum and handed out a, a selection of drumsticks to the people in the front row. And handed me a drumstick. There was still quite a lot of hair in his drumstick. Where it had been slightly snapped a little bit. And in that crack. He yeah, was a huge like lump of his hair. Um, I, I try, At the time I tried to get most of it out. There's still an odd hair in it. Uh, because it's like wedged in there. You ain't getting that out. But I remember after the concert. He was. As a lot of the support acts were. He actually was at the merch stand, and I got him to sign the drumstick, which was really cool. So yeah, I have a Blackstone Cherry signed drumstick, and that was really cool. But they finished. They finished their set, and the drummer, and you know, everyone said thanks, and the drummer came out and handed out the the drumsticks and left. And then there was a whoosh of movement and activity all around us, and we just kind of stood there, and the people on stage. Uh, they, they 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 cleared the stage of all of Blackstone Cherry's equipment, and then they brought out a whole bunch of of the equipment for Hinder, and then it became awkward slightly because one of the roadies came out with Austin John, the lead singer of Hinder's mic stand, and put it directly in between me and my brother. It was right on the edge of the stage, and it was a guitar stand. And it was a microphone stand that had bras like either duct taped or stapled or something all the way up it. And it was right in front of us. And we were kind of like, oh, okay, this is a bit awkward. And then we turned around so that we weren't necessarily just having our face in these bras. Um, and there was no more men in the audience. And this is, an ex this is not an exaggeration. There wasn't a single man in that audience. All the men had wandered off. They were all sitting in the back or at the bar or whatever. The entire audience, everyone we could see, were all five foot nothing women. And us, right in the centre, over six foot tall. And then we were like, oh crap. Um, well, I don't want to go all the way to the back because we're here now. But maybe we shouldn't be right in the centre at the front. Maybe we should go to the side, perhaps, or something. Because this is now going to be weird. 
I I mean, the image that they kind of gave off was this kind of very suave, very not don't want to say womanizing. Very good with the ladies type attitude. All all very kind of sexy type songs. But the lyrics were not. The lyrics were not. They were very kind of serious songs. It's even like I said, a lot of women, they screamed when he started singing Lips of an Angel. But it's a song about cheating. He is literally talking to the woman that he is cheating on his girlfriend with in that song. And women loved it. They went crazy for it. I mean, we did too. It was a great song. And it, and it was an interesting uh, concert, I will say. Because I I would never accuse anyone of anything. It was a great concert. And had he have had a few drinks beforehand, I don't care. That's his choice. Um, It was one of those arguments where... Honestly, there's a chance he may have been on something or drink or something because it it definitely felt like there might have been. But whatever it was, I don't care because it was a it was a really good concert. He was really good. And we had a great time and it was so much fun. And then um they released a few more albums with him which were not as great. And it's something I'm going to talk about because it's something that I found. I mentioned it earlier. It it kind of feels like a lot of bands write about stuff where they're not doing well. They've had problems. They were ill or they were in a bad breakup or this kind of stuff. They lose someone they love. And that's the kind of where the best music comes from. Then the band becomes successful and they no longer are living this terrible, pain-stricken life. And they write about drinking and sleeping with women and drugs. Or just, I'm okay now, isn't this great? It loses all meaning. And it's a shame. Because it feels like they, they there was so much more they had. But as amazing as Extreme Behaviour is, as an album... And I'm constantly telling people that they should go out and and give it a listen. Their next album, Take It To The Limit, has, I don't know, a handful of absolutely fantastic song. And then the rest of them are, they're okay, I suppose. And then it's like, I don't know. I kind of of lost lost I don't know I, I I couldn't get the same feeling in the songs I couldn't really connect with them um the the singer left the band in 2012 2013 and they have since um got themselves a new singer and they are still going as hinder but it's not the same for me and I get that obviously he had problems but a combination of everyone involved in that band made it what it was. And the moment you lose something that was working and try to replace it with something else, I don't know. It just doesn't have the same um, the, the same effect. It doesn't work. And that is the main focus for this podcast. Um a lot of this is going to happen, and it's and it's a shame because I lose two bands in the next story, and I really don't want to because I want it, I want all these bands to survive, but it ain't going to happen. However, we're going to stay in two thousand and six. Hinder are at the heights, and I'm you know I'm not, I'm not going to get a massive amount of music out of them going forward, but I am at work, and I have real rock on. However, at this moment in time. We have been warned about having music in our office when no other offices were allowed. So we had to keep it quiet. So it's 2006 and I have the music on so quietly I can barely hear it. Now, it's the way it kind of works is if I know the song, if I, if I catch the tune or a, or a 
lyric that I recognise, then I'll be singing along with it in my head and I can I can hear it better because I know what I'm listening for. If it's a song that I don't know or I don't recognise, then I can I can barely make it out. And I'm I'm working and I'm listening and I'm just doing you know, I'm not really paying that much attention until I hear a lyric. It's a it's a lyric that I I can honestly say I just you don't hear in music and it was suicidal hate with some real kind of emphasis on hate so I'm like what was that what, what, what was that did I hear that right so I turn it up and I hear swearing and I'm like oh god hold on you don't hear swearing in songs either what what is this song? So I listen to the rest of the song. I'm hoping that after the song, the DJ is gonna say that was blah 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 blah. But the moment the song goes off, another one comes on, and I'm like, oh for God's sake! I hope they haven't said the song's coming up. Ah, because then I won't have a clue, you know. And then that song went off, and then the DJ came up and said. That was whatever the, that song was. Because I turned it up a little bit louder so I could actually hear it now. And he said, like, that was so-and-so band with their song. And before that was a new song by Blue October called Hate Me. And then he just carried on. And I immediately was like, I don't know if I liked it. I'm not sure what I heard. Because it was quiet for most of it. It kind of sounded a little bit like a spoken word poem with music behind it. But I'm not 100% sure what it was, but it, it really intrigued me. So when I got the opportunity, I got some headphones on and I went to YouTube and I played Hate Me. And at the end of the video, I had to leave the office and go to the bathroom because I couldn't let anyone see that I was crying. I had never heard anyone sing anything that was so much, that meant so much to me, that felt like he was singing about me, about my life, that I, I couldn't believe it. I was instantly taken aback and they literally went from a band whom I had never heard before they did have two previous albums and a couple of unreleased EPs etc but this was their big song this was their big release their big single some people would say one it wonder I wouldn't because they have had other hits but they went from being a band I didn't know about to being one of the only bands I would play for years. Every song is unbelievable. But I'm going to leave it there because next podcast is all about Blue October. Because I have seen them so many times. I've got so many stories. Um, and they, they're getting their own podcast. They have also stolen um, a tattoo idea of mine, but I'll explain that next time. Instead, we are going to jump all the way to 2010. Now, this time we were in Florida, and yet again, there was this whole... There is a new band. There is a new a new band floating around. And we have ourselves a new song from them. And we're going to play it for you now. However, the story that they were telling this time. Was that this was a band. That had been founded. And helped. By Chad Kroger. From Nickelback. It immediately made me wonder like. Oh. Oh. Okay. Because. The rock world is full of this. You've been hearing this for years and years where one artist is successful. They know of a 
another successful person. They promote them. I mean, two of the biggest bands that went through this was Limp Bizkit and Stained. And, you know, the famous, most people discovered Stained through Aaron Lewis sitting on stage at a Limp Bizkit concert singing outside with Fred Durst. And so many people know that as as a kind of growing story that one knew the other. And it's even a belief that Korn became successful and Simeon within Korn knew Fred Durst and kind of pushed them up that way. And there's like so many bands that became famous through other bands. And yeah, it, they were saying that Chad Kroger had created, I think they said he created his own record label, and this was his newest prodigy band, uh, and they were called My Darkest Days. Now, their self-titled album was released, and now the problem was with them, and it was a problem for me, but, you know, that's kind of how it goes. We all know how Nickelback work in relation to making music. And whether they admit this or not, you can look at it and you can kind of spot this. Their singles are much bigger commercial songs than all the other songs on the album. And I love the other songs on the album compared to the singles that they release. Although some of the singles are really, really good. You know, the first big singles tend to be much more commercially driven. And I get why you would do that. It's not selling out. It's called making money. It's a business. Now, they very much did that. Their first song was called Porn Star Dancing. And it was number one in the US main chart. And it was number seven in the US rock chart. It was a very successful song. It is not a song that I listen to. However, there are some incredibly good songs on that album. Very funnily, actually, another cover is probably the best song on that album, or the second best. What I would say to you is if you've never heard My Darkest Days, just go to YouTube or Spotify and listen to Come Undone, which is a Duran Duran cover done incredibly well. It's one of those music videos where halfway through, there's a bit of a gap in the song, and then when it kicks in, it's raining. It's one of those type of songs. And then also go and listen to Every Lie. Oh, that's such a good song. Every Lie is by far one of the best songs that they did. Such a good song. The World Belongs to Me is a really good song. Can't Forget You. It's like I said, just go get that album. Go listen to that album. There are a handful of songs that if you want to skip, you're more than welcome to. But for the most part, it's a really good album. Now, the thing is, I have never been able to see them live. I'm not sure if they ever actually came to the UK because I tried to keep an eye but I could not find them. Couldn't find them anywhere. Then, one of the worst news stories that I think I ever heard suddenly appeared for me. Now, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you listened to my last episode in which I spoke about Three Days Grace. Another band that you may not have heard of, or you may, I don't know, but they are still going, just not quite in the style that I would prefer to listen to them in. Because the news article read that the lead singer of Three Days Grace has left the band. To which I was like, oh, that's a shame. I really liked him. He was he was really good. Um, I don't, you know, I'm hoping that he'll go off to do something else. There's a chance that he won't. 
we had had two albums from My Darkest Days and I believe four albums from Three Days Grace at this point, I believe. And they said that, yeah, the lead singer from Three Days Grace has left. But he has been replaced already. Don't worry. Um, he has been replaced with Matt Walst. To which I thought, oh, I don't recognise the name. Um, I wonder if, you know, he must have probably have been with a band already. Let's look him up and see who he was the lead singer for. Yeah, he was the lead singer for My Darkest Days. So in that one instant fell swoop, I lost two of the bands that I almost constantly listen to. They were both just gone. Now, some people would say, because I, I, I've literally heard someone say, Three Days Grace did a bunch of early stuff, which wasn't any good. Then they changed their singer, and their new stuff is much better. I hate those people. I hate them with a passion. Because that, to me, feels like you haven't heard the early stuff. You've only listened to the new stuff and don't want to give it a chance. My problem is I get extremely sad if I hear anything new from Three Days Grace. Because it's his voice. He sounds like My Darkest Days. But the music doesn't sound like Three Days Grace anymore. It's not as heavy. There's not as much feeling behind the lyrics. There might be. It's not coming through. And all I get is, well, I don't want to listen to this. This isn't either of those bands. I want new stuff from either Three Days Grace with the original singer or My Darkest Days with the original singer or Hinder with their original singer. Just anyone with their original singer. And the thing is, right, because I have been thinking about this, this happened to, to another one of the bands that are my absolute all-time best band for so much longer than Blue October was Bare Naked Ladies. Now, that's, they're going to get their own thing. Don't worry. Um, they really will. They've got more stories than anyone else. But they lost one of their two lead singers. And the music doesn't sound the same. And it's not just because the singer isn't there... It's because he was also a large part of the writing for that band. And he is missing from it. Now, he does solo stuff. But because the other people from the band aren't involved in that, it's not as good either. It was a combination of everyone in that band. And I don't know if changing the name would make a difference. Because... For those who are unaware, there is a band called Autobridge. They will also get their own podcast. There's a lot of podcasts coming out, don't worry. But Autobridge are fundamentally the band Creed with a different singer. Now, they don't do the same music as Creed. The first album had very similar sounds, but it was still a lot rockier than Creed got. And now... They do completely different style of music to Creed. But it's a different name. And it's great. It's really good. Stone Sour was like half the people from Slipknot that wanted to do slightly not as heavy, heavy rock. And they use a different name. And they're great. I don't know if it would have helped if the names of these bands would have changed after the singers left. But all eyes are very firmly on Linkin Park to see, are they going to try and do something different? Just call themselves something else? Or are they going to stay as Linkin Park and get a different singer? Because, I don't know, I feel like you go in with a mentality of expectation. And it's never going to be there. And I think that it should just be something completely new. Because I listen to Three Days Grace, Hinder, and My Darkest Days. They're all on my Night Sad playlist and other playlists. I listen to them all so much. And it's just so sad that 
I'm never going to get new stuff that I'm going to like from any of those bands. Because the, 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 the right people aren't together making that magic again. It's not there. And it's so sad. But the one thing I am is immensely grateful for the fact that I got to hear them in the first place. Because what I was saying at the beginning of the last episode is I honestly can't remember hearing my darkest days or hinder or three days grace on Kerrang since I've been listening to it consistently uh, it's been I don't know four five five years I'd say maybe um, and as like I said uh, a while ago I think Kerrang is my morning alarm I have a digital TV and you can set the the TV to come on at a certain time and what channel you want it to turn on to. My TV comes on at 7 in the morning on Kerrang Radio. Every single morning of the week. Not the weekend, I sleep in on the weekend. Only by about half an hour, but still. Um, every weekday. And I can honestly say that all the bands I've mentioned across these two episodes, Cold, Three Days Grace, Hinder, Blue October, My Darkest Days, I never hear them on Kerrang! full stop. They are all successful rock bands. They have all got some really good music that they were very successful with. I never hear them. And let's be honest, if any station is going to play them, it would be Kerrang! It wouldn't be any other station. So had I not have heard these bands from Real Rock, when I heard them, I would not know the bands now. And they mean so much to me. You can't imagine. You can't understand. You could. You're bound to have bands that are the same for you. You understand what I mean. The bands that make you cry. Now, I made the comment earlier on that I had to leave the office to go into the bathroom to cry because I'm a man and I can't be seen to cry. That's obviously incredibly bad for my mental health. It's still the way I am. Um, there was a thing that specifically hit me a lot worse than I thought it was going to. Uh, and it was just me and my dad sitting in the room and I stood up and walked into the kitchen so I could wipe my eyes so he couldn't see. And that's not a good thing to be doing. Why? Why is that a thing? He's my dad. I don't care. But mentally I seem to. Still, it's, it's something in my head um, about it. But, you you know, you have this... You have these bands that they they speak to your soul. They mean so much to you. And it's so funny that I mentioned earlier that Blue October stole a tattoo design of mine. And this, this actually involves Three Days Grace as well. They are heavily involved in this. However, that will be a story for next week. And if I'm being completely honest, the reason I stopped listening to Real Rock was a technical thing, but I never went back. And I don't know why. I think it was just the difficulty until very recently, really. So what happened was, was I was listening to them through the internet, because that's the only way that I could. Whenever we would go to Florida, they are the first station I tune into the radio. Again, WMMO, Soft Rock and Roll, is the, station, is the second station that I will tune in and stick on the memory. So that we have both ready to go. However, uh, I would say it was around 2008. I have searched, but I couldn't quite remember. I couldn't find it. I couldn't see when. And I believe it was around 2008, roughly. 2008, 2010. But the American radio group, I'm assuming implemented a new policy and that policy was 
if you were not based in the US, you could no longer stream US stations. Full stop. There was a full blanket ban. And suddenly, it turned off. I couldn't listen to it. Now, whenever you went to the station to try and listen, the only option you had was to say that you were in an American territory or in the army based somewhere overseas. And obviously I wasn't going to do that. So it just meant that I suddenly went from hearing them almost every day, really, to just not being able to listen to them. Full stop. I couldn't listen to them anymore. And I had I don't think I've mentioned this. Or I might have partly mentioned it but not explained it full. I would not listen to Kerrang. Because I have I was such a music snob that I very much had this ideal of what a rock band were. And there were a whole selection of artists. Now, the funniest thing is, I couldn't even tell you who I thought they might have played. And I, I, I'm telling you, I'm not being like, oh, I don't want to mention, I don't want to name any names. I'm happy to name anything. I genuinely can't remember who it could have been that I didn't think deserved to be played on Kerrang. But whoever it was, whatever the style was... Whenever I put Kerrang! on, there would be a selection of bands that would play that I would just immediately turn it off. And I'd be like, no, no, sorry, that's not rock. You're, you're playing some wannabe rock bands when they're really pop. That that seemed to be the, the feeling that I had. And I just refused to listen to Kerrang! I just wouldn't do it. And um, this meant that I really didn't have an outlet. I didn't have music live music other than the concerts and my own personal music so for a couple of years I tried to find ways around the ban and that was mostly trying to find online IP blockers which are basically websites that you put the web address in and it will block your IP address so they can't see where you have come from and hope that it would work. Nine times out of ten, it would not, because it wouldn't be able to read my IP address and then wouldn't load the player. Or the player would play, but nothing would come out of it, because the actual stream couldn't stream if it didn't pick up an, an IP address. And I would try for years and years to try and get it working. Eventually, I decided, you know what? I need to listen to something because I have music on. I put uh, stations like um, Absolute Radio on. They're pretty good. I like that. Then they come up with Absolute Classic Rock, which is great. I love that station. It's really good. But, I, you know, there's nothing that's really kind of proper rock. I just can't get it. So I decide, I'm, I, you know what? I am going to listen to Kerrang! and we'll just see what I get. Now, I still am a little bit of a snob. Because, like I've said, um, I, I think I said at the beginning of the last episode, I only really listen to certain DJs. Just because I feel like sometimes it just gets a little bit repetitive or will get stuck in a hole of music that I'm not a fan of. And you'll get like an hour's worth of that kind of music. Um, I'm not the fa biggest fan of some of certain artists. And if you play a bunch of them together, you can get an hour. And it's really not for me. So I find I will 100% listen to a handful of DJs. But... You know, I, it was one of those things where I played it for the first time and I was just like, you know what? It's actually pretty decent. It plays more stuff that I like than stuff that I don't. And I think that's the best ratio to have 
yeah, some some DJs are better than others, but as a whole, it's definitely fun to listen to. But now, over the last few years, there has been an absolute explosion in VPNs. Now, you tell me how that's happened. A VPN will allow you to mask your IP address and give you access to the internet so you can do anything illegal that you want and cannot be traced. How is that allowed? How do they allow that to happen? That's It, it bewilders me that it's been allowed to get as big as it has. But VPNs are such a big thing now that you can get a VPN and you can now access Real Rock without any issues whatsoever. But because I now have a radio station that pretty much does what Real Rock used to do for me, for example, I have discovered quite a few bands that are big for me right now. Um, people like Creeper and Hot Milk, who I am absolutely loving. They are getting better and better as they release stuff. And I've discovered these bands through Kerrang. So I just really haven't gone back, if we're being honest. And I should listen to it more. So that is something that I'm going to try to do, is just go back and listen to Real Rock um, whenever I get the opportunity, really. But that, I think, is where I'm going to leave my little Florida trip for today. That Yeah, that is it. Those five bands you have... Cold are definitely a bigger band, and you can go out and find what you want. Year of the Spider is one of the better albums. That's the one I discovered them on. Three Days Grace, with the album 1X, is actually going to come up in the next podcast, so you uh, may want to go and listen to that. Specifically the song 1X. Hinder and Extreme Behaviour are unbelievable listen to that it's so fantastic and again if you get the version that doesn't have it go and listen to bed of roses by them unbelievable cover blue october will be next time you'll find out all about blue october next time and there will be a playlist in the description next time and then my darkest days which yeah go and listen to every lie and come undone so thank you so much for listening next time is going to specifically be about blue october and how they how they came into my life how they exploded my life and how they stole a tattoo design of mine and i can prove that it was mine first but i don't really care because it, it now means many many things even though i'm never going to get the tattoo done but find out why next time thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed I'll be listening out for you next time. <laughs>